Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. With me as promised, Leonard Goodman. Uh, welcome back to the show, Leonard. Hi, Ben. It's nice to see you. Uh, the last time Leonard was on, we did a, a deep dive into uh, all things Jeffrey Epstein and uh, it was uh, a lot of people went for that show. It's uh, still getting hits. Uh, there's a lot of Jeffrey Epstein interest out there. Uh, so the first question I have for you before we go on to the other things, we're going to talk about the Horowitz Report and Julian Assange and the winners, losers in the drug game uh, is do you have any new theories on uh, about Jeffrey Epstein? You wrote an essay for the reader on the topic where you said uh, you raised the fact that it was probably uh, he was probably an operative for intelligence agencies, and we can't overlook that connection, that possible connection. Has anything broken that I may have missed since the last time you were on the show? I think it was about a couple of months ago you were on the show. No, I mean, I would say what the news is, is that the story has disappeared, you know, predictably, that, uh, you know, nobody wants to dive into his intelligence connections. Nobody wants to embarrass the intelligence agencies. And, you know, it's, it's a shame. But, I mean, there was reports that an independent forensic analysis uh, was done and said that he probably didn't kill himself because of a, a broken bone. I'm not a doctor, but... Um, it says that it's very unlikely that this was a suicide. You know, there was a camera that wasn't functioning outside of his cell and one, you know, in the, in the MCC in Manhattan. So it's, it's quite suspicious. Uh, I think, you know, the, the news media is basically like nothing to see here, move on. <laughs> and, you know, that's a shame because, you know, as, you know, as we talked about last time, Acosta basically said, I was told to back off because he was with intelligence. So, Acosta being the district attorney in Florida way back when. The, uh, the U.S. attorney U.S. attorney, excuse me, yeah, in Florida. Yeah. yeah. So that's what he said in private. In public, uh, he, he sang a different tune. So, All right. You know. Well, this is one of these stories. You're right. That's just sort of simmering there. I still get updates. I think I may have mentioned this to you last time in your show. I, I'm on the uh, Tea Party uh, email list. Not quite sure why, but I am. So I get regular updates uh, on on this. Every every now and then I get an update on Epstein because apparently uh, the Tea Party right has concluded that this is beneficial to uh, their political persuasion because there's a Bill Clinton connection. There's also a Donald John Trump connection to Jeffrey Epstein, but that's not as uh, what palpable as the Bill Clinton connection. So for what it's worth, I don't get uh, lefties. Well, actually, I don't get lefties sending that kind of stuff anyway, Leonard. So the way the left and the, the right fight, uh, it's like two separate entities. Do you get what I'm saying? That I do. And, you know, that's that's a shame is that I, I think a lot of, you know, mainstream media has become so partisan that, you know, they don't want to take on issues if it's going to, you know, blow back on their people. So, you know, if it's going to blow back on Bill Clinton or their, their friends in the intelligence community, they don't want to touch it. And the Republicans don't want to touch it if it might blow back on Trump. Um, so, so no one touches it. And then, you know, we don't, get, we don't get the story. And I think that, you know, the Epstein case is a really good, good illustration of that problem. And that's why it's good that we have, you know, we're independent uh, 
reporters in, in papers like The Reader and, you know, some of the others that will actually dive into the truth yeah. and, and try to find uh, what's going on. Well, speaking of which, uh, there's a connection here. Uh, one of the essays you wrote for The Reader uh, struck a chord with me because I've been talking about this on the show a lot or had been talking about a bit anyway, and that is uh, impeachment. Why you're not excited about impeachment. I happen to be very enthusiastic about impeachment uh, f for reasons of... Uh, similar to why I'm excited about the Horowitz Report. I may be the only person in the world who's excited by the Horowitz Report and impeachment because it's bringing to light stuff that would be otherwise buried uh, if there weren't a special interest, in, in this case a Republican or a Democrat, that would benefit from having that stuff come out. But one thing you said in the, uh, in the report that re uh, resonated with me is uh, in your essay about impeachment is that, follow me on this, the Democrats held back on impeaching uh, George W. Bush back in 2004, I want to say, or 2003, even though there was evidence uh, that he and his administration lied about the weapons of mass destruction in Iraq and ginned up support for a war that right. was necessary. Talk about that. Right. Well, Nancy Pelosi said it was off the table. Um, and, you know, there, there was overwhelming evidence that they lied. It wasn't a mistake. I mean, they basically told us that it, there was conclusive proof um, that Saddam was uh, was a instantaneous, you know, was a ex existential threat to the United States. That he, you know, had newly constituted his his uh, nuclear weapons program, and he was sitting on these stockpiles of sarin gas, and um, it was all bullshit. And you know, it was based on reports that the intelligence community had discredited from an informant named Curveball and from someone else that they tortured um, in, to get him to say that, that uh, there was a ke chemical weapons program. And on a, an invoice that was clearly forged, they knew it was forged about Saddam buying uranium from Niger. You probably remember that whole mm -hmm. story. Um, so they knew it was false. They continued to say it. Uh, the news media repeated it without demanding any proof because, of course, they tell us it's all classified. We can't, we can't show you the evidence. You just have to go along. And, you know, it's so I, I think that's really my main problem with impeachment is if it's off the table for something like a war that, that killed hundreds of thousands of people, cost us trillions of dollars, money that we could use for a Green New Deal, um, you know, health care national or true national health care system um, if it's off the table for that but it's but we're going to fight about a, a phone call trump had which was clearly improper um you know with the president of ukraine it just to me the democrats lose any credibility um you know and, and the other thing i think this goes back to a conversation you were having with uh, professor ferris the other day you know you were talking about the ndaa you know, I mean, what sense does it make? I mean, if the Democrats are saying that Trump is a clear and present danger, um, he's a national security risk, he must be, we have to go forward with this impeachment. And yet they approve $750 <laughs> billion dollars yeah. so that he can make war anywhere in the world, including in space. I mean, what's, I think it just shows you, you know, that, that you know, the, the so-called opposition party is a sham. And... Well, let's get into this. Uh, it, it's off the table. Uh, the the uh, I started the show. You were probably in route, Leonard, you, so you didn't hear it. Uh, railing. 
<laughs> about Obama's early uh, days in the White House uh, and uh, uh, and how he botched health care, in my humble opinion, uh, by being too nice with the Republicans, uh, chasing the illusion that there's bipartisanship when there's no evidence whatsoever at all. I, I would push back a little bit on that he was being too nice. Okay. But I, I would say that he was... He was he took he took a lot of money from health insurance companies, from big pharma. You know, I think it it's the same. We could talk about Buttigieg, too. You know, it's the exact same thing. It's you know, it's not just bad strategy. It's people that are, you know, bought and paid for by these interests. Mm -hmm. And and, you know, I bought into Obama, too. I was probably with you in Grant Park. I was not in Grant Park. For the record. Yeah. And, you know, the. The bloom faded quickly for me. You know, I represented a Guantanamo detainee. He promised to close Guantanamo. He went and bailed out the banks um, after saying he was going to get tough on Wall Street. He, and, you know, instead of being an anti-war president, which is what I somehow believed, um, and uh, he expanded the wars, yeah. you know, put more troops. Well, there's in a reason you believe that. And I'll, I'll, I'll trace back. We're going back into Obama, time, but I want to go back to Bush eventually. So don't let me forget All that right. train of thought. But I believe... That in the most general way, uh, Barack Obama was victorious in 2008 because he participated in one, count them one, anti-war protest in the city of Chicago in 2002. And I believe he was he was a lowly state senator and he showed up and that gave him credibility as an anti-war candidate in Iowa. And fast forward to 2008 caucus and he was victorious i remember that very careful close i remember that uh, uh leonard because he was able to distinguish himself from hillary clinton joe biden was in the race as well uh in that election he he didn't vote against or for because he wasn't in congress at the time but he participated in that one demonstration he's probably the greatest thing he ever did uh and so that's why people like you people in iowa said oh he's anti-war so right. that's probably why. You know, a lot of people smarter than me said, you know, don't buy it. Look at the money. Look at his donors. Even back then, you know, he's taking money from the defense industry. He's taking money from Wall Street. Don't buy this hope and change rhetoric. Uh, you know, I got sucked in and, you know, I think a lot of people did. But he certainly was not anti-war. I mean, you know, the defense budgets kept growing under mm -hmm. Obama. He, you know, escalated the drone program. We, we you know, have military bases all throughout Africa um, because of Obama. And um, so, yes, uh, I think, um, you know, I, I think the most important thing, and this is, I think, something missing from a lot of mainstream uh, pundits when they talk about politics is they, you know, they talk about the strategy and Democrats don't want to appear weak, but they don't like to talk about the money. You know, and I think Buttigieg, because I know you you guys were talking about this, too, and um, it's been on my mind. Um, you know, he's such a great example because this is a guy, you know, this, you know, a gay, gay a mayor of, a, you know, of Indiana town and, you know, this big liberal. And he makes a pledge that he's for Medicare for all. He actually made a pledge, I think, on his website. Um, and then he starts taking all this corporate money. And, you know, he, in, in the last debate, he got called out for it. And he said, well, we can't have purity tests. But, you know, he takes all this corporate money and now he's spouting uh, industry talking points that, you know, that Bernie Sanders, his Medicare for all, he wants to throw you off your health care system. Yeah. You know, I mean, if you're 
privileged person like myself and you have good health care, the system seems to work okay. But, you know, for a lot of people, this is a huge issue. You know, they can't afford to get sick. Even if they have insurance off of Obamacare, they can't afford the deductibles. They can't afford um, to get sick. They can't afford the, the premiums that they have to pay. And, you know, it, I think it's the leading cause of bankruptcy is medical debt. Um, you know, this is after Obamacare. Right. So I would agree with you where you started on this whole thing, you know, that that was a huge disappointment. And if you remember when Obama, this was his you know, signature achievement, yeah. you'll remember that he had both houses of Congress, yes. I believe. You no, know? I, this is a mini obsession of mine, uh, Leonard, comparing the way Donald Trump, I say this all the time on the show, has claimed a mandate that he didn't actually get in the election and has ruled as though he had overwhelming support. Doesn't care. George W. Bush did the same thing in 2001. They claim a mandate that they didn't get from the voters. Uh, and in contrast, Obama acts as though he didn't get a mandate. Obama, who got a resounding mandate, had Democratic-controlled Congress and Senate acted as though, you know, he barely eked out a victory and he was looking, I'm going to work. This is what I'm saying. He was nice, but you're probably right. It wasn't nice. It was, it was an unseen influence. But I want to work with the Republicans. So uh, off, automatically off the table is health care for all. Automatically gone. We're not they even going to consider allowed in the room. If you remember that big round, that big conference room table with all the debate, you know, the televised discussion about, they did, wouldn't even let anyone that supported a true national uh, health care system in the room. Yeah, it might contaminate them. Yeah. All right. So now let's go back. I said, I didn't want to lose the train of thought. You said it's uh, impeachment in 2003 uh, or four, whenever that would have been, uh, was off the table. You, you made this point uh, briefly just about five minutes ago in this discussion, but you also made it in your reader essay. Why do you say it's off the table? Well, that's what that's that was Nancy Pelosi's uh, my, my question should be, why, in your opinion, did they take it off the well, table? Because the donors didn't want a debate about uh, lies going to, to take us to war. I mean, the donors to the Democratic Party and the Republican Party um, both want presidents to be free to lie us into war because they need... Uh, enough conflict zones going in the world to justify $750 billion defense budgets. And, you know, I think, you know, in some ways the Democrats are worse because at least the Republicans are somewhat honest about it. I mean, Trump will come out and say the reason why we're helping the Saudi Arabia kill children in Yemen is because of the contracts. You know, they're buying all these weapons from, you know, General Dynamics and Lockheed Martin and Raytheon. Um, and we can't, uh, you know... I can't sacrifice those those contracts. The Democrats pretend uh, that they're fighting for the working people, and yet somehow they always manage uh, to do the business of the donors and to make sure. You know, look at this. You know, this NDAA. I mean, what was it like? Some 50 Democrats voted against it. Just enough so that they can say, you know, some of them have a conscience. And you know, our great Congressperson Jan Schakowsky was one of them, and mm -hmm. uh, I love Jan. Um, but, you know, the game is rigged and they always it, they always make sure that the donors uh, get what they need. Um, and, then, and then they come out and pretend that they're fighting for the working people and they're really not a war party. But the Democrats are clearly a war party. All right. Now, when you say these kinds of things, what do your friends of the Democratic persuasion say? I know you must have some mainstream Democratic friends. Either I don't have any friends left, <laughs> let me tell you, because, yeah. you know, it's, it actually has been rough. I think the Trump election was really hard. I mean, and I, 
What do you mean by that? The well, Trump election? you know, I, there's so many people that I love and, you know, I really respect their opinion. And we basically agree, you know, in terms of our goals of where we want this country to go. But, you know, people that sit and watch MSNBC um, and I, you know, I tell people this is not news that you're watching. This is gossip. And, you know, I think we got an you know, example of that with the Horowitz report. <laughs> We're kind of all over the place We're going to get to the but, Horowitz report, you know, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's just it's a huge embarrassment to what we've been told for the last two years about Russia. You know, Trump is a Russian agent. um, And yet we're going to give him seven hundred and fifty billion dollars so he can make war anywhere he wants without any congressional action. In fact, they took out, um, you know, they were supposed to uh, there was something that the Democrats had had put in in committee about, well, if he wants to go to war against Iran, he has to come to Congress. They took that out. So he can do whatever the hell he wants. He can start a war in space. Um, And this guy is so dangerous that we have to remove him. I mean, I think that really tells you what you need to know about the state of our national politics. It's really it's it's a disgrace in my view. So when you uh, express opinions like this uh, to your Democratic friends, what do they say to you? Uh, they get angry. And, you know, I've I've had a lot of people that I just can't sit down and talk with anymore because, um, you know, I had a very dear friend. We were having lunch. Um, and when I said that I this was during the, the right right before the election. And I said I could not vote for Hillary Clinton. I was going to vote third party. And now I'm consistent. I didn't vote for Barack Obama in 2012 either. I voted third party. Um, Whoever that was, I think I voted for the Justice Party. Or okay, something, I was saying <laughs> Jill Stein. Did you? Vote it wasn't for Jill Stein. I I did vote for Jill Stein this time, but okay. in 2012, I, I don't remember. I think I voted for the the mayor of uh, Salt Lake City that was running. Oh, was I Justice uh, Democrat. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I can't remember his name, but I remember what was his name? Rocky. 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 Yes, wow. it was Rocky. Where did that come from? Uh, but yeah, I mean, she got up and left the table. You know, could could not. Uh, you know, you have to vote against Trump. And now I'm, you know, I'm not a fan of Trump, but I, you know. <laughs> Whenever anybody is, starts a sentence, I'm not a fan of is, Trump, but, uh-oh, where are know, we going with this? Ralph Nader said something in, in yeah. uh, the 2000, when he was running in 2000. And, mm-hmm. Was it 2000? Yeah, against, uh, in the, with Gore and, uh, and Bush. And he said, you know, if you think I'm the best candidate, he was talking to a bunch of young people. He said, if, you're, if you think I'm the best candidate, you should vote for me. Don't let them scare you. Um, into saying you have to compromise, you have to vote for the lesser of two evils, you know, mm-hmm. because once you start compromising, that's going to become a habit in your life. And, you know, that struck a chord with me. Now, it's a shame that, you know, we have a system where it's winner take all. I mean, there's ways that you could re- reform it with, you know, ranked choice voting or something so that you could vote for the person you really want um, and have a second choice um, and, and not but, you know, the Democrats don't want that because they want the, they want it to be winner take all so that they can scare you every election and say, look, we sold you out to Wall Street. We sold you out to Raytheon and Lockheed Martin. But you have to vote for us because look how scary this person is over there. And you can't give that person four more years. And, you know, I, I think if we keep falling for that, we're never going to get really what we need, you know, to save the planet. I mean, you, you, you cannot spend $750 billion on war um, and have money left over for a Green New Deal or for health care or for mm-hmm. college uh, for people. It's just the, the numbers do not add up. So when you hear uh, Bernie Sanders and his campaign, are you encouraged by that? Yeah, I'm encouraged by the fact that 
it seems like people are waking up and they're not, um, you know, they're they're not buying these uh, these candidates that are taking all this Wall Street money. I think they're starting to say, wait a second, why should I trust you? Um, and I think Bernie Sanders is one of the few that has this ring of authenticity. He's been saying the same thing. He's not holding big money uh, fundraisers. Uh, he's not taking money from Wall Street or from the defense industry. Um, he's raising money from uh, you know small donors, and. You know, I think that is encouraging, and he's showing that it can be done. Because- well, you're a key swing vote. So I'm going to use you as a, a typical swing voter. We have this conversation on the show all the time, Leonard. We go from like we go from discussions uh, of principle of sorts, like what should we tolerate as a, uh, as a country? So is what Donald Trump's behavior with Ukraine acceptable? Uh, and then we have those discussions and then we have like the pragmatic, practical, deep dives, like should the Democrats nominate a centrist like Joe Biden or uh, should they go with their convictions and nominate a Bernie or uh, Elizabeth Warren? And it's always viewed. Follow me on this one. Like there are swing voters. This is just a story on the front page of The New York Times uh, today on this very topic. I read in the train coming in picking Biden as a bait to lure centrist voters and talks about Democratic voters in Iowa who are lefty, more of the lefty persuasion. But they're going to vote for Biden. Follow me on this because they have friends who are swing voters and they think if Biden's a nominee, those swing voters, those Republican swing voters uh, will go to Biden. But they never think about the Leonard Goodman's of the world. And I know a ton of them. (laughs) They voted Green Party uh, in 2016. Would a Bernie Sanders candidacy get these swing voters to vote Democrat? So would you? Would it be enough for oh, you? Yes, I would. I would. I would vote for Bernie. I think I could probably live with Elizabeth Warren. Um, you know, I, I, I saw that article in the New York Times too. I, you know, I wonder. But some of those that are sort of more anecdotal, I, I wonder because you know, I, I don't know those people um, that are true lefties that really believe in a national health care system that really believe that kids should be able to go to college without being in debt for the rest of their lives mm-hmm. um, that really believe that we need to clean up this planet um, that are going to vote for a Biden or you know or a Buttigieg, Buttigieg or yeah. somebody that's clearly on the payroll of these organizations and you know this is something that, that I also find encouraging that some of these candidates are, you know, Biden is having trouble raising money. I, I find that to be encouraging because, you know, why would you send $20 if you actually care about national health care, a true Medicare for all system, so we don't go bankrupt when we get sick? If you really care about that, why would you send $20 to a candidate that's on the payroll of big pharma and health insurance? Um, it doesn't make any sense. And, you know, I think people are, are starting to get smarter yeah. and say, you know, I'm not falling for this anymore. Well, I hope you're right about that. I'm always a little uh, uh, cautious about saying voters are getting smarter because I spent so much time covering Chicago politics. Uh, but maybe you're correct. And I have to say, before we move on to the subject, reading these books, and I've been doing this deep dive in the early years of Obama. I don't know, maybe I'm a masochist, probably for an article I'm going to write for the reader, uh, but uh, contrasting Obama to Trump. But reading these articles, and listening to that, revisiting the arguments that were raised in 2009, Leonard, from uh, mainstream Democrats, it just bring it. They're just the same things I'm hearing in the debate. 
the stuff that Joe Biden says about health care, that uh, Amy Klobuchar says about health care, uh, that th- there's some of the others who've left the stage. Tim Ryan, I don't remember him. He was a congressman from Ohio. He was on the stage for a while about, you know, defending uh, the rights of union people. They try to blame it on the union. Right. <laughs> they negotiated a, a, this one kills me right here, Leonard. I'm going to tangent with a tangent, but in the same book that I'm reading about Obama, 2009, they're bemoaning the fact that healthcare costs are quote baked into the cost of every car that, uh, Detroit produces. Okay, this is when they were bailing out Detroit, and they go, "How could you have a system where you baked into the cost healthcare?" And so they forced the union, uh, as part of that deal, to save their jobs to pay a greater share of their healthcare costs. Here we are, eight years later, and you got Tim Ryan's of the world telling, "I'm standing up for the unions and the, the, their hard-fought, negotiated." gains in healthcare. I'm like, you just, you'll snatch those healthcare gains away at the drop of a hat. Sure. So it's a sucker's game, Leonard Goodman. Yes, yes it is. Um, anyway, all right. That said, I, I'm, I'm wholeheartedly for impeachment. Uh, and I'll tell you why. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trot this theory out for the first time ever. Let's see how, if it totally bombs. I think impeachment is our first step toward a parliamentary system of government here in this country. We're it's like a vote of no confidence. Essentially, we we had a uh, the the popular the one who won the the popular vote did not get to take the White House. So we have the a candidate who lost the election is the president, and as I say, claimed a mandate. That's a contradiction in itself, right there. You talk about going against the popular will. The mo the people voted for Hillary Clinton. You know, but the, again, it maybe it comes back. It, it, it sort of reminds me about Blagojevich. You know, the guy's an asshole. So it's like we can we can do whatever we need to do to to lock him up. Um, you know, yes, Trump uh, did not win the, but but still, he, according to the rules of our electoral college, and you know, he is the, he is the president. So um, I would have a, I would support a censure. Based on this uh, this phone call, which is clearly improper, um, but I think impeachment. It, it, you know, I think I guess the other way that I look at it is, you know, with both parties that are on the payroll of the same interests. Okay, <laughs> yeah. There is only a very limited sphere where we can argue. Okay, mm-hmm. and this is something that you know the corporate masters um, of both parties allow us to argue about. They first of all, they don't trust Trump; they never did, um, and you know. But this is something that they. This is a distraction. This impeachment. Um, they would the Raytheon and uh, J.P. Morgan and health insurance companies are perfectly happy to have us spend six months Mm -hmm. arguing about impeachment. First of all, and the other problem is I might agree with you if we didn't already know how it's going to come out. And this is where I I put in my, and I'd like to give a plug to my my reader article. And, you know, after you read Ben's columns, you should read my columns. (laughs) That's a little difference of agreement, (laughs) opinion there. But it is... um, you know, this was right when they announced impeachment. And I said, yeah, everyone knows how it's going to come yeah, out. It's true. You know, they're going to impeach him in, in, in the House and he's going to be acquitted in the Senate. So why are we going through this exercise? Um, well, and- I'll, I will answer that question with uh, bringing up the Horowitz report. All right. uh, I've spent my whole life trying to figure out what Chicago government 
what it's about. And I start the, I've been, lately I've been apologizing for being so focused on Chicago and I <laughs> missed Obama's year, early years and what was going on because I was so focused. Like at that time, it was uh, the Olympics, Mayor Daley's insane plan to bankrupt the city by bringing the Olympics here, which was completely support. You talk about bipartisan support, Leonard. Absolutely everybody in the city of Chicago, with the exception of the Chicago Reader, was waving the flag for the Olympics. Not everybody. There was a handful of malcontents who, uh, who joined me. Uh, in opposition. So uh, I, I, I'm well aware of the fact uh, that government is always trying to conceal what they're up to. There's just this, and so I welcome any attempt to peel away the layers that cover up what's going on. So that is twofold. One, I mean, go back to the Iraqi war, the lies that were told. Uh, to convince us that that war was worth fighting? Definitely. I wish we had an impeachment hearing to get people to speak uh, under oath about what was true and what wasn't. What did Colin Powell know when he gave that speech at the United Nations rallying us to war? I would have loved to have had that. In, in the case of Donald John Trump, the impeachment hearings, what was he trying to do with Ukraine? Uh, what was uh, Giuliani's role in all that? So get that. And then similarly, Horowitz report, which came out, it was the Department of Justice Inspector General, did a report about the early stages of the Russian investigation. What motivated the FBI to seek a federal wiretap uh, of Donald Trump uh, and some of his cohorts and or allies and supporters? Uh, what motivated it? I welcome that from the, the same reason I would welcome an investigation into the Iraqi war. Let's shed some light on what government's up to. You agree with that point? At least? I do. Absolutely. I agree. We should, you know, there's too much secrecy. And, um, you know, it's dangerous because if the government has complete control over the information that gets out, you know, they leak classified information all the time that, that tells the, the narrative that, that they want, that those in power want. But, you know, if they can completely control the information that gets out, um, then they can lie with impunity. And we really have no recourse. And... You know, I think that's, you know, the, my recent column about Assange and Manning, that's what, you know, basically the point that I was making is why it's so important that we have whistleblowers and that we have outlets where whistleblowers can, uh, can have their material published. Um, because it's the only chance we have of knowing what our government is up to, because they're not going to tell us. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, going back to what, what motivated them to go after Trump, you know, the, the Horowitz report is interesting. I, th I think the, the most surprising thing, and I guess I kind of knew this, but I had forgotten, and that is that, you know, you, you remember the whole church committee and all the abuses the 70s, of yeah. the FBI where, you know, they were investigating civil rights groups and mm -hmm. Martin Luther King and, you know, Black Panthers and, you know, Fred Hampton was killed and, and these black bag jobs and, you know, all these things. And so there was these reforms, the church committee, all these reforms in the 70s, um, that came out of the church committee, and they were all basically um, disposed of after 9-11. Um, and that was under Mueller at the FBI and Ashcroft at uh, Attorney General. Um, they basically just did away with all of those protections and said, you no longer need any, any evidentiary predicate to launch an investigation. All you need is basically a rumor. I heard that Carter Page was working with, you know, who's, who's on Trump's team, uh, is working with the Russians. And that's all they need. Um, and I think, 
you know, no one in Congress said a word about this at the time because I think everyone just thought, oh, it's going to be used against Muslims and terrorists. Um, well, it wasn't just used against Muslims, and it was used against, you know, the Trump campaign and his people. So I think, you know, we're starting to see that, you know, when you, when you let fear and you allow the, these, these intelligence agencies and law enforcement agencies to have basically unlimited power, mm-hmm. um, and it bit us once back in the 70s, and we tried to stop it, and, and it's happening again. Um, well, the, and so the Horowitz Report uh, documents some— they, you know, it, they didn't go uh, far enough to satisfy Donald Trump or William Barr. So I, apparently they're ordering a second investigation. Uh, that's how Republicans go. The big difference between Republicans and Democrats. They don't get that first, that first bite of the apple doesn't work out for the Republicans. Let's get another. It's like Benghazi. How many times did they try to kill Obamacare? As as wimpy as it was, Obamacare, they try to kill it. Uh, they want Obama to get credit for anything. Uh, in fact, they're trying to kill it right now in the courts of uh, Texas. But uh, uh, And so there's going to be a second investigation. But they found that there was evidence that, uh, that some FBI agents what were sloppy. Uh, well, they, they yeah. misled the FISA court. Um, it wasn't just sloppiness. I mean, they, um, they changed documents. Uh, they altered documents. Um, they misled the court. They cherry-picked information uh, to make it look like uh, Carter Page was, um, you know, a, a Russian agent. And um, the, the other thing that's significant is they, and this is what we were told on MSNBC and CNN for two years, uh, we were told just the opposite, that the Steele dossier, which was basically, you know, paid political operative, it was, it's gossip, it's untested gossip, mm-hmm. um, purchased by the Democratic Party and the, the Hillary Clinton campaign, um, that this had nothing to do with the warrants on Carter Page. Well, of course, it, according to Horowitz, it was the central um, evidence mm-hmm. that supported uh, the warrants for the, the wiretaps. Mm-hmm. And they knew that this information was unreliable. And then as the time went on and they kept renewing the application for this intense surveillance of uh, four people, including Carter Page, um, they learned that, in fact, the information was untrue. Mm-hmm. They went and because it was all, you know, Steele didn't do any reporting himself. He didn't have any direct information. He was just reporting what people told him. Well, they went to his subsource, and the subsource said, I never told him that. Um, he's exaggerating. He's embellishing. So they knew that. They didn't tell the FISA court. They kept renewing these warrants. Um, they didn't tell the FISA court that Carter Page was, in fact, um, an agent with the CIA um, because they wanted to make him look like a Russian agent. Well, in fact, he was working with the CIA and giving information about Russia. Um, so this is this is really quite um, a scandal and what he uncovered. And hopefully it will lead to some reforms. Maybe we can go back um, to the church committee reforms or better yet, we should really get a, get rid of the FISA court. Mm-hmm. Do we really need a secret court? To, um, to oversee evidence. Doesn't the court system work well enough um, that's actually a public system? You could still get warrants in secret. You can go before a judge. It's an ex parte. You can get the warrant. You don't have to let the, the, the subject know. Mm-hmm. Um, but at least there's some recourse. If you lie on the warrant application, uh, the person can get a lawyer and challenge it. Um, the way the FISA system is, it's, it's just 
basically trust the government yeah. that they're going to go after people and they're going to have credible information, which we which we know is bullshit. Uh, by the way, uh, we're talking about the civil, even Republicans, uh, powerful right wing Trump loving Republicans of civil liberties. We're going to be talking more about that with Sergio. We come back when uh, uh, in our next segment because he's kicked he got kicked off of Twitter for accus- uh, criticisms he made of the Richard Jewell movie. Have you seen the Richard Jewell movie? I have not. It's very appropriate movie. I'm going to tease. Uh, our next segment by well, telling you this. To hearing yeah, this story. Uh, Richard Jewell was the gentleman who was I falsely re- accused of setting off a bomb in Atlanta at the Olympics in 1996. Clint Eastwood, was uh, a Republican and very with a strong libertarian streak, uh, has just come out with a movie uh, called Richard Jewell, and it's about the FBI's overreach, essentially, uh, uh, ginning up a false accusation against Richard Jewell and then working in uh, tandem with the media to humiliate him and make it seem as like he did something which he didn't do. But I, I have, I take devilish delight uh, in pointing out that uh, there's the timing couldn't be better because Clint Eastwood, if Leonard, I don't know if you were watching Clint Eastwood movies in the seventies, like I obsessively did dirty, Harry. dirty Harry. There were no civil liberties no. for the criminals and dirty Harry. They had information. If you had to step on their leg wound to get them to scream out, Sergio's not his head. He saw to get them to torture them. He was essentially, um, supporting torture. If it would elicit information that could lead to, uh, the uh, apprehension of a, a dangerous criminal. Now, in the age of Donald Trump, Republicans have discovered civil liberties, and he's done a movie testifying to how the FBI abused. I, I don't believe it's a coincidence that uh, we have the Horowitz report showing that the FBI uh, overplayed its hand, to put it mildly, in accumulating evidence against uh, Trump's associates, uh, and suddenly a clamor from the right for the need to defend civil liberties. At least you're legitimate. You were for civil liberties back in two. 2003. Correct. So, yeah, and it's, I mean, it's a shame that the Democrats that were always skeptical of these agencies are now, you know, celebrating and saying that this, these are our savior. You know, the, the people that practice the dark arts um, are going to save us from Donald Trump. You know, I, I think that's a very dangerous. Uh, your, your last column uh, was sort of a celebration of uh, Manning, Chelsea Manning and uh, Julian Assange. Talk about that. Well, um, you know, Manning's back in prison. I think uh, you know, the people that read that column, well, a lot of them you know, were, were saying, I didn't realize that, that Manning was back in prison. Well, why is she back in prison? Is because they need her to say um, that, that Assange uh, conspired with her to steal information from the Army databases. And the reason they need that is because otherwise Assange is no different from the New York Times or The Guardian or any other mainstream paper that, that published um, Manning's information that Manning that was leaked. And, um, you know, they're protected by the First Amendment. So they need Manning to say something that the government knows is almost certainly not true. Mm-hmm. And that is that Assange uh, is not just a publisher, but that he's actually, you know, a computer hacker and a, a thief. And, you know, that is a shame. And I think this is, you know, it kind of goes back to the Horowitz report, too, is that, you know, we have a federal government that relies so much on people's words. They don't necessarily care if it's true. You know, I've tried many, many federal cases. I'm representing a guy right now that's in federal prison for life uh, for drugs. 
They didn't find any drugs on him. Uh, there was no physical evidence against him. They just paid informants, and that is they let people out of jail to say that they bought their drugs from my client, Yuka. Um, and an all-white jury uh, convicted him, and, sent, and the judge sent him away for life. And, you know, this is, you know, this is, I, I think this is one of the reasons why I, I, I have sort of a recurring theme in my columns of, you know, saying watch out for the federal government because, um, you know, at least the, the state system, there's some checks and balances. And, you know, it's really, um, first of all, this, the state prosecutors, it's a, an arrest-driven system. So you have, you know, there's an arrest and the file ends up on a prosecutor's desk and they, they prosecute. Uh, the feds pick and choose their cases. Mm-hmm. And they can spend five years investigating you, Ben Jarofsky, without your even knowing it, um, um, and look for something um, to to get to get against you. Now, um, people don't worry about that because they tend to trust their government. But you know, it you may you may trust your government if you're not doing anything that that um, causes the government to have fear of you. But once uh, once you are. Um, in their crosshairs, they have a lot of tools to get mm-hmm. you, and it doesn't have to be true. And I think that's one thing you learned from this this Horowitz report. It doesn't have to be true to get a, a very intense surveillance against you. Well, I, I when you said people trust their governments, uh, they sort of pick and choose. They're cafeteria trusters, if you follow me. They pick and choose. Uh, so, for instance, right now, uh, when Donald Trump rages against uh, the, the the deep state. Uh, a lot of Republicans, Trump lovers, don't trust the government, and they think there are these uh, malicious uh, ne'er-do-wells buried within the system that are trying to undo the election. Uh, when people go to Clint Eastwood, clearly doesn't trust the government. Uh, his last two movies, two of his last three movies, have been all about government overreach. One about Sully. I don't know if you saw that one, but uh, it, it talked about uh, the, the pilot who landed the plane right. uh, uh, in the, what was it, the Hudson River and, and in New York, saved everybody on the plane, but then he turned that into a condemnation of the, the federal oversight in uh, into the investigation as though he was a victim, once again, of government intrusion. Same thing in the Richard Jewell report. Uh, so, so, you know, it's, I've, I've noted this, uh, Leonard, when I, I just take such delight in this. When people run against an incumbent in Chicago, they rail against the machine. And when they lose the election, they always tell me, because they feel I'm going to be a sympathetic, sympathetic audience. Well, you can't beat the, you know what the machine's up to, Ben. And then when they get elected, they join the machine. You get what I'm saying? So that trust that you talk about the government, is, it's, it's like a negotiable thing. Like, you get what I'm saying? Right now, uh, Democrats, or a lot of Democrats, love the FBI. It's weird. Do you watch all the FBI shows that are on? Like the FBI is venerated on a lot of shows. Like unbelievable. If you, or yeah, uh, a lot of. No, sh- I'm. You know, your next guest is one of the most knowledgeable, and on movies, I'm one of the least okay. knowledgeable. Um, I did see the report. I heard you talking yes. about that movie. Um, that was a good movie. Yeah, uh, very. It gets at a lot of the issue. I've talked a lot about the reports. Gets a lot of the issues. Uh, I should let you go, Leonard Goodman. And uh, he's. Uh, so, by the way, you talk about Blago. You're the first time you came on my show. It's talk about what your perhaps best known client is former Governor Bogoyevich. Anything new on that case? Not that I, um, not that I have heard. You know, I was kind of hoping. You know, it's the Christmas season. Um, that perhaps President Trump would um, do the right thing. And 
you know, recognize that this man never took a penny. Um, he's sitting there. Um, his family needs him to come back home. It's time. Uh, and, you know, I, I, I still have some hope, but it's, you know, I guess Trump's got other things on his mind. <laughs> but, you know. I, uh, well, you know me, where I stand on this. I never got along with Pogovich when he was governor. 14 years is ridiculous and absurd. Uh, overpunishment. And uh, if you're depending on Donald John Trump to do the right thing, that's a long shot, uh, Leonard Goodman. But, uh, well, you know, our last president, uh, Barack Obama, had a chance to do the right thing, and he didn't do it. In, so, in the case of Blagojevich. In the case yeah. of Blagojevich. Um, he knew more than anyone that the case was bullshit. Um, but All right, Leonard. Uh, have a great New Year's. We'll get you back in January. Uh, Leonard Goodman, you could read his stuff at The Reader. Uh, but how often do you write about once? Once a, a month. Once a month. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you know. Uh, well, I urge everybody to check out the my my uh, Democratic listeners were really pissed off because Assange WikiLeaks, of course, was the site the site that dumped all the Democratic emails. Let's not forget that, uh, which ripped open all the Bernie Hillary uh, scars. But, you know, didn't we have a right to to see that information? You know, the, well, I have mixed feelings about well, this. Well, first of all, I mean, didn't we have a right to know that the the primary was rigged. That's first of all, um, that the DNC was working with the Clinton campaign, um, you know, against Bernie. And do we I have think, a right to know that or did uh, was that important information that we should have? I'm not sure we had a right to know that, but I definitely think it was important information. But as somebody who wanted Donald John Trump to lose, I was really irritated, to okay. put it mildly. Okay. Uh, and but you know what? I got to tell you this, Leonard. I have to say this, that. I'm a big boy. I understand that happens. Uh, I My problem with uh, lefties and Trumpsters on this issue is they want to pretend as though uh, uh, the, the hackers had nothing to do with Russia. And I get uh, people come on the show uh, and, you know, the far left persuasion, and they say they just want to overlook that fact. So I think it's well, when you're digging for the truth— well, we haven't seen any evidence, though, Ben. That's the one thing I would I would caution you is where is the evidence that Russia actually um, hacked into the DNC uh, servers? Other They're, than the testimony of all the the uh, intelligence agencies in this that country, say which we, we don't have believe. we have strong yeah, <laughs> belief. Okay. That's what they said about weapons of mass destruction. Yes, you know, I like to see evidence. All right, trial lawyer, point. let's come on. And, and so that's why I say, open up. Let's have hearings on it. Uh, sure. Uh, I'm all for that. I'm, I welcome it all. Leonard, have a great New Year's, and we'll get you back well, on next It's month. always fun. Read the Chicago Reader to get up to speed on what's what in Chicago. Culture. Food. Arts and entertainment. Weekly concert listings. Weekly event listings. The environment. Travel. I can continue, but you get the point. And for all of you Chicago political junkies, raw weekly columns on real city politics from Maya Dukmasova and our very own Ben Jarofsky. The Chicago Reader. Free to the public in newsstands throughout the city and online at chicagoreader.com. Read it now and be a more informed Chicagoan. Did you know that 40% of the people in Illinois opt to be cremated? Well, it's true. And Chicagoland Cremation Options honors their wishes by providing cremation services directly to the general public. Chicagoland Cremation Options provides an affordable, ethical, and easy cremation arrangement, whether in person or online. Save thousands and streamline the process by going directly to Chicagoland Cremation Options. It's a family-owned business operated by my good friend, Douglas Klein. Here's how you reach them. Chicagoland Cremation 
ChicagolandCremationOptions.com. One more time, ChicagolandCremationOptions.com. It's Chicagoland's Adult Entertainment Playground. It's the world-famous Admiral Theater, 3940 West Lawrence Avenue. The Admiral is homegrown from Chicago, and it's the most conveniently located club in all of the city. 15 minutes from the O'Hare Airport in downtown Chicago Loop. Voted Chicago's best strip club, the Admiral has showgirls galore and a variety of adult entertainment shows. The world-famous Admiral Theater, open every day from 7 p.m. to 6 a.m., 3940 West Lawrence Avenue. For events, showtime, and other information, visit AdmiralX.com. Must be 18 years of age or older to enter. This audience has a lot of Democrats in it. It has uh, Republicans, Independents, Democratic Socialists, Conservatives. Uh, I want to ask the audience a question, if you could raise your hand here. A show of hands of how many people get their insurance from work, private insurance, right now. How many get it from private insurance? Okay, now of those, how many are willing to transition to what the senator says, a government-run system? Millions of people every single year lose their health insurance. You know why? They get fired or they quit and they go to another employer. I was the mayor for eight years. You know what I did, what probably every mayor in America does, is you look around for the best insurance program, the most cost-effective insurance. You change insurance. Every year, millions of workers wake up in the morning and their employer has changed the insurance that they have. Maybe they like the doctors. People are nodding their heads. Okay, so this is not new every year. Now, what we're talking about, actually, is stability. That when you have a Medicare for all, it is there now and will be there in the future. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader, too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.